wanted to flip 12 houses. I thought that would be uh, a crazy stretch from where I had been. Fast forward three years later, and we flipped, I want to say 16 houses last year, and we wholesaled 30, 30 some. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of houses a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast. This is uh, Bill Allen coming to you again with my good friend and incredible investor, Becca Shea. Hey, Becca, how you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. I love when we get to chat. <laughs> Me too. I know we've been trying to find a time for a while to talk um, this past week so or last week. So it's nice to get together and spend some time together. So we talked for about 20 minutes before this podcast, and I'm really excited about some of the stuff that you have going on. So hey, if you've been tuning into the podcast lately, you know that I brought, I, I did one myself right after kind of Justin turned the company over to me. And then I brought on Andy McFarland and then Mike Simmons. So what I'm doing now is I'm kind of going through some of the other board of directors that I brought in, the people who are going to come into this community and help kind of run things with me and share ideas with and bounce things off of. So um, I know when I was uh, getting ready to take over the company, Becca was one of the first people that I reached out to and said, hey, I want you to be more involved. We've been talking about this for years. Um, I know that we joined, you know, I joined Seven Figure Flipping the first meeting. And I think halfway through, I just picked up the phone and called Becca and said, hey, you got to come here. Because we actually had an accountability group then, uh, me, yeah. you, and a couple other investors, right? Yeah. And we were the only ones who were really accountable. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they would. Uh, so Becca put it together. I remember, I think the, I think going back to kind of, uh, just go back to the kind of beginning. Becca and I were roommates in flight school. So we both went to graduate school after college. We got our master's degrees. And then we went to Pensacola and flight school. And Becca was friends with one of the girls that I went to grad school with. And four of us were roommates in Pensacola as we were trying to figure out this path of flight school, right? So were much good times. <laughs> it was. It was like, uh, two, was that 2004? Yeah. Right around there, yeah. I think. So um, we, we were both a lot different then, I think. And, um, you know, we left this, uh, left flight school. Becca went to be, you went on a surface ship after that, right? Yep, I was on an aircraft carrier. Okay, and I went to Corpus Christi to start flying the T-34. So that's kind of where our paths diverged right around 2005 um, as I went kind of along flight school and Becca went on a different path. And then I remember we kind of like lost touch for at mm -hmm. least a decade. years. Yeah, 10 <laughs> yeah. years. And then, um, and then I was looking at Facebook. So Facebook has brought me back to lots of different people and uh, social media, I think is great for lots of things. Mm -hmm. Brought me back and I was, saw Becca was flipping these houses down in Tampa as I was trying to get into real estate. I was, I had a couple rentals. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I flipped like one house and then I saw Becca doing this and she was doing more and more and more. And I was really, really surprised. So either I reached out to you or you reached out to me. Do you remember how that happened? I totally remember how it happened. Um, so I had decided to get my real estate license and I was in Keller Williams Ignite class. And they, they were like, here's these scripts. You have to learn these scripts, practice them on people. And I think I put out like a general Facebook post. Who's willing to listen to me, you know, speak a script for like five minutes. And you're like, I will. And I was like, Bill Allen, man, I haven't talked to that guy in ages. <laughs> okay. And uh, I remember on that call, you were like, I had flipped, I had, I think I was on track to do six or eight houses rehabbing that year. And I was like, next year I want to do 12. And you were like, 
that's stupid. Why don't you just focus? Cause I was like, I want to do 12 at 20 K net profit each. So we'll net 240. That'd be great. And you were like, why not just do four at, I don't know, 60 K like cherry pick them, do less, get bigger spreads. And I was like, you know what, Bill, agree to disagree. <laughs> I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And looking back, <laughs> it's just so funny. We're doing like, uh, you know, 40, 100, 200 yeah. houses now. Yeah. And, and so from that, I remember that conversation. I don't remember how it happened, but now I do that you bring that up. It was, it was that Keller Williams Ignite. And we talked, we actually ended up talking for a lot more than five minutes. If yeah, I it was like an hour. Yeah. And we kind of caught up and, and just reconnected. It was really cool to see a lot of the things that you were doing and what you knew in uh, the real estate business. And then we just kind of kept that conversation going over time. And eventually it became this, um, hey, I want to get together with some other people that are like-minded in real estate and we'll just do a, a, a video call once, I think it was once a month, right? Once, once a month. month. There were five of us. Yep. Five of us. I remember one guy was in Montana and it was like 6 a.m. when he had yeah. to get on and the, the rest of them were kind of people that you knew. Uh, one was in Tampa and then um, <laughs> was one went in Pennsylvania. So we kind of got on with them and we just started talking about our goals and what we were doing and, and where we wanted to go. And every month it just came where it would be like me and Becca and one <laughs> other person or me and Becca and two other people. One guy was on there for the first call and then never again. Never again. And then um, we were constantly just like, are they going to show up? What's going to happen? And so we were just the steady kind of consistent people that just were on the call every month. Mm -hmm. And then I joined Seven Figure Flipping and started this marketing campaign. And I remember going on those calls where I was mailing a lot of cards and getting responses and I had hired somebody. And this was even before our first meeting that I called you. So I, I remember some of those calls where I was starting to kind of ramp things up a little bit and be held accountable with it from another group. And, and then I remember being at that first meeting in Dana Point and them saying, hey, do you know anybody who would be a great fit for this yeah. I don't, I don't know how much people enjoy listening to us reminisce down memory lane, but I love that story. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to do this. Uh, it's totally worth it. And I was like, Bill, that's a whole lot of money. And I don't even know these people, but on the flip side, I was like, but it's Bill saying this and he never does anything without like really thinking it through, you know, probably it's a good deal. Let me talk to this Andy guy. <laughs> yeah. And then I know that you, you and Andy have shared a lot of that story about how you were just hammering him. Like, why, who are you that you want my money? Why That's a lot of money. money. You're so successful, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, it was the second day. It's the first day. It just kind of blew my mind. I mean, Mike, Mike Simmons and Mike Alper were up there talking for like three and a half hours about their business. It was, I mean, I was just scribbling notes. I had a whole full, a whole mm -hmm. notebook full of information. And that, that day, Justin was basically like, Hey, you know, if you, if you know anybody, that, and you, you want to refer them in, I'll give you some money. And I was like, well, I don't even care about the money. I, I just yeah, got to call this person. I got to call Becca and I got to bring her in because after that first day, I just, I remember like calling you and saying, Hey, look, you got to talk to these guys. You're, I think it's really going to do something for you. We were doing something very similar or trying to on our own, right? Yep. What they did was they took these incredible other investors, made them pay money. So they'd actually show up every yep. <laughs> I remember you talking about that too. I was like, why don't people show up? And you're like, I think people need to pay money because then they have skin in the game and then they actually do it. I'm like, yeah, that's probably right. And I think we've proven that over the past yeah. few years, yeah. right? So, and I've seen it, you know, when you, like for, for an example, I, I paid for an event a year ago 
And the whole year I'm like, I can't make this event. I can't make this event. I I made sure that I'm going to make this event next week. I'm going to go to an event in San Diego that I paid for a year ago because I paid for it. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. You know, life gets in the way of all of this stuff. And we try to say, we try to put things off. We try to say we don't have time for it and all those things. So, um, so anyway, Becca joined me and she said, okay, after that, after that like long phone call with Andy, Andy told me he's on the phone walking around the parking lot. <laughs> Becca is just shooting him from all angles, like uh, and all, everything and just kind of hammering the first person in seven figure flipping to get on the receiving end of my grilling. <laughs> That's right. And now she shows up in every meeting with a dozen questions for each person that she sits down with. And it's really cool. I, I've talked to a lot of people at the events that have spoken to you and are just like, you know what? It's just so nice that somebody actually cares, actively listens to me and really cares about who I am and what I'm doing and what the future is. I mean, you started, so let's fast forward now. So you've been in seven figure for and eight figure for uh, three years, a little over three years. So mm-hmm. you, oh, you just missed the first meeting. So you're almost have been to every single meeting since then. And you do a lot of things in this group just to help other people. I mean, the amount that you give back is second to none, I think. And the accountability program that you've put into place on your own, by the way, which I think is part of what you did before. It was the same thing that you were doing with me and these other investors is you're kind of like this party planner and this organizer and arranger that, you know, takes all these great people and makes them even better. So like, talk about that a little bit. Like, why do you do that stuff? Like, what is, why would you do that? You spend a lot of time, you know, just setting up this 12 week year program, this accountability and asking everybody 12 questions or 20. <laughs> At least 12. Yeah. Very pointed, deeply personal questions. Um, I think what's interesting is be holding other people accountable holds me accountable, right? So I know that if you're going to be there on Monday for that call, then I better be there on Monday for that call. And I have to lead by example. I think that's the military leadership thing that was instilled in us, or maybe we had it and the military just clarified it, but like uh, a true leader is accountable. Right. Um, And so I love seeing people realize their full potential, but also I, you know, what I hate seeing is people who um, make plans with no action to get there. Like, you know, I want to, I want to be, I want to buy a new car. Okay, cool. How are you going to do that? When, when, when everything to this point has shown that you won't be able to save the money to buy that new car, what are you going to change? What's going to be different that will level you up from heat from who you were to who you want to be? Um, and when people are ready to make that journey, uh, it's awesome to, to ride along with them. So like we don't make the, the 12 week years, not mandatory in seven figure flipping. It's, it's usually just a small subset, but they're people who are ready to make that commitment and focus. Yeah, I think that's important. I think with a lot of us, there's this inherent accountability that we have in each of us and some have it at different levels than others. So I know that for me, the biggest thing, I don't need someone else to hold me accountable or tell me what to do, but I know that I need those timelines and deadlines. So I love the fact that our meetings are like three to four months apart because Mm -hmm. when I say something at the previous meeting, when I show up at the next meeting, I know that it's going to get done. I've told the story a few times, but when we went into Chattanooga after our first year, so I was in business for one year and it was a it was a meet, it was the October meeting in San Diego. So it was my, it was my second round of seven figure flipping. And the next meeting was in February in Nashville. And I said at that meeting in October that I'm going to be in another market. I remember that. Remember? And go, man. Yeah. And so I, I put it out there and I don't know if anybody heard it or cared or was going to hold me accountable to it the next meeting, but 
I, I remember, so James had his first, James was born in October, right after that meeting in San Diego. He had his first open heart surgeries in November and December. Mm-hmm. And yep. I'm sitting there in the hospital going, I got to get into another market. I mean, <laughs> February is coming up soon and I haven't done anything yet. And I'm, I'm sitting there in the hospital, just waiting for the doctors to come in. There's so much time, downtime. I want to get my mind off things. And I just started researching the market, figuring it out, calling Andy, asking him how he went into his markets, creating a, a checklist and a spreadsheet for me on how I was going to do it and doing all the research and start like, making phone calls, setting up appointments with other people, trying to figure out what I need to do to hit that. And then January, we just started sending our mail, you know, and that way, February, I showed up and I said, I'm in. I heard you. I heard you say you were going to be in a second market. And with everything that was going on in your life, I was like, you know what? If he doesn't make it to a second market, I will not hold it against him. But you Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every, everybody probably, you know, said that or yeah. felt that way. But uh, uh, honestly, like if you're, if you're saying this guy's crazy, he's in the hospital, his son is, you know, having open heart surgeries. I needed to get my mind off of all the things. Yeah. That was going on. So it was definitely the best thing that I possibly could have done at that time for me and my sanity. But it's, you know, I, if without that, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably would have said, oh, you know, hey, yeah, I got a lot going on. But if I didn't have that meeting come February, it would have been March, April, May, some yeah. time like that when I actually would have gotten to it and done it. I would have, I'm, I'm a natural procrastinator. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, we put things off and put things off. And if we have deadlines and we have these meetings and we have people holding us accountable, really powerful. Yeah. Also, there's a bit of ego to it as well, right? Like when you get in a room with all those other high performers and you're like the next three or four months, you know, you're going to get into that room and they'll have done some pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> so like, there's the ego thing that wants to be like, yeah, I'm crushing it too, which can be, you know, a downfall as well. But uh, I, 90% of the time, it's just a good motivator. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, we talked to Andy and Andy and I talked about kind of our last year, our kind of profit margin compressing a bit. So you talked about being in that room and feeling like that could be, could be a downside of everybody is performing at a, at a really high level. So you just want to push and push and push and do more and more and more. So I know that I've struggled with that, but I, I really, that's what I want to do. Like that drives me and other people yeah. come in, have come into those rooms in this group and have just kind of been crushed by that kind of tidal wave of trying to get from zero to a hundred in two seconds. So that's really yeah. important for me to make sure that people coming into the group, they understand what they want to do and why. And the fact that they don't necessarily need a business like mine or like Andy's or like any of ours, they need their business and why. So I don't, do you want to talk about that a little bit and the kind of your journey in the past couple of years and looking back and like how things went for you? Yeah. So what I find interesting about this, this conversation, you know, we talked about that Keller Williams call, that script. And I was like, I wanted to flip 12 houses. I thought that would be uh, a crazy stretch from where I had been. Um, and, but I also thought it was achievable to, um, fast forward three years later and we flipped, I want to say 16 houses last year and we wholesaled 30, 30 some, you know, sorry for not knowing my numbers. I couldn't have known when we started this, that I would have accomplished that. And that was a direct result of getting in that room with you guys and the mindset shift that happened. However, I would say that I succeeded in growing a wholesaling business and in flipping more houses, but I have struggled with scaling and um, watching you guys like lead the way uh, it's, it, there's a lot of pressure. And I think that everyone feels that pressure as well. So 
one of the things that I kind of have taken on as my mission is to, with my 15 and my 20 really deeply personal questions with people, is to really dig down into how they're doing for sure. Like, how is your business really doing? And, and there is some struggle, I think, in any entrepreneurial world with the scale and the growth and the um, weighing down. And to know that, that people in the group are sharing your struggles as well and to help them give you the perspective on, hey, don't just keep beating yourself up about that one, you know, in that one area where you're not succeeding the way you thought you were. So take a step back and look at all that you've accomplished overall. Um, that, that's been pretty important to me with this group. And one of the things that I love about it, people are really willing to be vulnerable and open with what they're going through. They're willing to help. I mean, you know, how many times did you help me when I called you last year? And I was like, Bill, I just need this one thing. Or like Jeremiah, hey, my struggle last year was hiring sales reps, right? Like the cool thing about this journey, and I think we'll probably talk about it a little bit later, is that it has allowed me to really discover, because I'm playing at such a high level right now, it's allowed me to discover where my skill sets really are, which I don't know that I would have found if I hadn't gone through this crucible. And last year I figured out that marketing and data analytics is where I excel. Um, we've done a really good job on the back end of getting smart with where we put our money, but I struggled with the sales hiring and just like, you know, that piece of it. And so I was able to reach out to like Jeremiah and Adam Ray and, um, you know, he turned me on to a hiring tool within the group that made a huge difference um, in it. And I think that's, you're, everybody's going to struggle. If you're, if you're in this to win this game, you are going to get knocked down multiple times, you know? So what you need to do is find a team that's going to lift you up and support you and say, you know, let me help you with that. Let me carry the load for a little bit or, you know, have you considered this? You should try that. And, and I've heard that and seen that happen multiple times in this group. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it just kind of goes back to that accountability, right? You, you have someone that you can call and lean on if you've yeah. got something going on. And yeah, we've, we talked a lot last year and I knew what you were going through and it's not all kind of rainbows and butterflies in all yeah. of our lives and our businesses all the time. And as much as anybody listening might think that my business is perfect and yeah, we're doing almost 200 deals and close to $3 million in gross profit and all this stuff. I've had major setbacks and struggles this year, last year, the year before, but that's why we make the money that we make. That's why we get put in the position that we get put in. When you listen to any leader, to any like high powered uh, business owner, these people, they want to fill themselves, surround themselves with people who are better than them at what they do at, and be able to pick up the phone and call those people. So maybe Becca's like, true answer to why she runs the accountability group is so that everybody will pick up the phone when she calls. So, uh, I don't know. But, that might be my subconscious reason. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you, it's, it, it's really powerful to have those kind of relationships and things like that. You have to, like you absolutely have to, because we, like, just like Becca said, we are all going to get knocked down. You're going to be in a situation where you want to quit. Um, I've, I've shared it a bunch. We didn't do a deal for the first almost five months. I didn't put money in the bank for four to five months when I was spending money out the door. Yeah. If I didn't have these people around me that were successful, that were doing what I was trying to do at a successful level and really good at it to bounce ideas off of and change things and tweak the dials. Um, I look at myself as this little like mad scientist behind the scenes <laughs> where I'm just adjusting the numbers and changing variables and things like that to see what the outcome is going to be. And I track the kind of 
the inputs and the outputs to yeah. see what does it look like. And I think you're the same way. We're both engineers. We're both yeah. very analytical. We can create spreadsheets that other people can't read. <laughs> so good at that. So good at that. <laughs> and stuff like that. So um, really it's about, and it's also about being open and honest with what's going on. So it's not about, you know, beating on your chest and talking about how much money you're making or how great you are or the kind of cars that you drive or the kind of airplanes that you fly or whatever it is. Like it's, it's about making sure that we're real people. We have great relationships inside of this group and this community, things like that. And the people that are in here, we, we bond with, we really understand that we're going to work together in the ups and the downs because real estate is cyclical. Business is cyclical. One month, you might have the best month of your life. And the next month it all comes crashing down when three people quit. <laughs> Ask me how I know it happened three months ago. Right. So, I mean, I had three people quit right at the end of a quarter where they were doing incredibly well and the business was running well. And mm -hmm. so it takes time to rebuild that. And you have to, that's the time where you have to dig in. You have to reach out your hand to the other people in the group. You have to look for support. You have to use, fall back on those tools. You have to remember, you know, that other people have been there right before you are going through it right now or will go through it in the future. So if you can't share the, the struggles, then I mean, yeah. how are we going to, to just I talk remember you, you saying at one point, I think I was at your house or, or something or one of the events, and you're like, I went to this dinner party and there's an Amazon warehouse up the street and like you can buy a whole box of stuff for like a hundred bucks and then you could resell it. And he's like, and all I could think of was like the business opportunity here. And I looked around that room and like no one understood where my brain was at. And that has been really critical just with this group. You know, you can, you can be, you can be yourself at the highest level, like dream all your crazy dreams, scheme everything you want to scheme and people will go along with on the, for the ride because, because we're the same type of people here. And it's hard to find that out in your everyday life. I totally agree. I think I said it on a couple of podcasts ago. I have no <laughs> friends, really. It's really hard. Well, uh, I have lots of friends, Bill. When, so I know you do. I, together in that look, one. I see, I see all the pictures on Facebook. You got like this garden parties going on and I'm sitting back here going, I just can't wait till the next meeting so I can get around my friends again. Because if we were all in the same market, we'd be just crushing each other. So it's funny that you say that because I went to Ocean City, Maryland with my son. We go there every year. Me and my, he, he's been there. This is his third year he went. He just turned five while we were there. And I ate this uh, at this edible cookie dough place. They had this uh, <laughs> edible cookie dough and ice cream place. And I just went, oh my gosh, this would absolutely kill I where I live. <laughs> um, if I opened one or two of these shops, there's only one or two people working here. I mean, one person's in the back making cookie dough. The other one's out front scooping it. The overhead is so small. I can find a warehouse or a place in Spring Hill, Tennessee to set this up. There's so many kids and moms. It'd be, <laughs> the traffic would be incredible. I would kill in this. I should start a franchise and... Uh, <laughs> And then I got back here and started thinking about all the other things I had going on. It's and it almost got, like a sickness. You can't, sometimes it you is. can't drop it. It is. So, and I, I guarantee if I brought that up in the group, people would be like, oh yeah, you could do this and this. And hey, how, why don't we all go in together? So, yeah. and then somebody would stand up and go, do you have too much going on? You can't do it. I'd focus. say, you know what? Good. It would be me. It would, it would be, it would all be. right, guys, come on, focus. You're right. You're right. It would be you. So let's talk about that focus. So we talked about the last year. Um, you had some ups and downs in the business, hiring salespeople. There was some struggle. You did a lot more deals than you thought you were going to do. Mm -hmm. But um, I think all that brought you to this place of focus. So where did that land you? And like, what do you love about it and why? So because we were struggling on the sales side, it made me get more, um, pay more attention to the things like, um, like the back end stuff, like how much money am I spending on marketing? What's my cost per call? What's my cost per appointment? 
What's my actual profitability? Is that enough for my business to survive? And I started really digging into that and, and we narrowed in on some key metrics that we look at every month. Um, and then we've been on this journey to, to get them down, right? And what I've noticed, especially in the wholesaling world, is that um, a lot of the people who do really well in this business tend to have a sales bent to them, right? Like, I mean, you look at Jeremiah or Adam or, um, you know, a bunch of the other people in the group and, and they do really well because they're phenomenal at sales. And so I had to say, that's not my forte. Number one, I need to hire for that forte. And number two, what is my strength? And so it was, it was on the getting smarter side of things. So as we started going down this journey, a, a couple of the people in the group who are more the sales people who are crushing it on the, you know, on the sales side and locking up the contracts came and they were like, I know I need to do more marketing because we're doing awesome. I have no idea. I'm spending 40 grand a month right now in marketing and I have no idea whether it's working or not. So I started just helping people out here and there and then it grew more and more. And I think you were one of the first people who was like, Becca, there is really a need for this. Like it comes naturally to you. It comes naturally to me. I think even Andy too, like we're numbers driven people. So I just assumed that everybody was really good at it. And, uh, and then through side conversations, I started to realize, hey, people, people use, could use help in this. So um, like eight, 10 weeks ago, I decided this is a thing I'm going to do, like officially. I launched my uh, marketing consulting company called Market Shark. And it was like, if I hadn't been in this group, number one, I never would have done as much as I've done. So, you know, I have that credibility there. Like I've been a, I've been a wholesaler. I've spent, we were spending around 20 to 25 a month when we started our efficiency journey. Uh, and now we spend about 10 grand a month and get basically the same results. So I can say, hey, I've been in your shoes. And that was a direct result of doing this business. But, but the joy, like my joy is in the analytics and, and that side of things and the accountability and the numbers and the focus, right? Because the problem with salesy people is they wanna say at the end of the month, I made a hundred grand, you know, it was an amazing month, but they spent 90,000 to get there, right? So like, I, I wanna, I think that's been a common theme. Like, let's be really real about this. Can, can you still make a hundred grand and maybe only spend 70? Or, you know, could you spend 30 and make 60 and have a whole lot less stress? So um, that, like when I kind of went through that evolution, I, I almost feel like a, I said crucible earlier, but I don't think that that's the right word. I feel like my journey over the past, year and a half has been more like metamorphosis you know like I've been in this cocoon and I felt like I just found what I wanted to do and That's at our last awesome. meeting yeah I think everyone saw at the last meeting I was like I didn't for people who can see the video I dyed my hair crazy I was like just feeling alive and full of joy and I like was I, I felt lit up like a thousand watt light bulb at our last event and that wouldn't have happened this whole journey to where I am today wouldn't have happened without that phone call, you know? So we're not going to cry. No crying. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, it's funny that Be uh, Becca says a thousand watt light bulb because I, I only, maybe she was at 800 watts and now at a thousand watts. So it's not <laughs> like uh, you were walking around dim or anything. She, you are probably the highest energy, uh, most wild person that I know and <laughs> uh, get everybody to smile, to laugh, to enjoy themselves while um, really having great meetings and, and, going deep into what they need and, and 
really like listen to people. So that's what, one of my struggles. I know that what you, what you talked about a lot is this kind of strengths and weaknesses of who we are and what we do. So I think it's so important, you know, this, we're on this, we're on a journey, right? So same thing for me. I feel like I was same, same way. I had this, Andy, I don't want to hire anybody. I don't want to be responsible for anybody to put food on their table for any of those things. Our first call, that's exactly what I said. He's like, well, you need to go back and think about how you're going to get a business like mine if that's what you really want and do it by yourself while you're flying airplanes 10, 12 hours a day, every day, and you're going to do it for the next eight years. So good luck, buddy. And I left that call and said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to take this leap. And now I pretty much want to hire everybody to do everything. And I love the journey that I went down because it, it started with more about me and how much money I was going to make and what my life was going to look like and have time off. And then it became more about kind of a little bit about the community and the people. And now it's only about my, my people. Like it's all about my people. Um, my staff going to these meetings, going to our Christmas party, being able to like, give them money, gifts, things like that, and seeing how happy they are and just enjoying being part of our community and our culture and my company. And I did that. I just kind of look around and say, wow, it, we have come so far. And that, that was my journey. Like the leadership side of things, I really feel like looking back, that was the thing that I love that I feel like I was really good at is putting kind of motivating the people, even when we didn't have any business, we weren't doing deals to come follow me in this journey. And and come along with me and take the risk. And now looking back, it's, it's just so cool to have those people around me that, um, that are really enjoying it. They're making more money than they've ever made. They're happy in what they do. They want to be a part of this. They take extreme ownership of my yeah. company, right? Like it's really amazing to see that. And, um, and that's, that's what it's become for me, which, you know, from a guy who three and a half years ago said, I'll never hire anybody to now, uh, pretty much constantly hiring people and looking for new talent and, and trying to start a cookie dough franchise company here in Tennessee because I ate a couple scoops of cookie dough, probably a few more than I should have. So uh, now you feel great for it. I, one of my favorite quotes is um, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And sometimes you don't even know where that journey is going to take you. Like if you would have told me, you know, when we had that call and I was practicing my Keller Williams scripts, if you would have told me, hey, Becca, in three years, you're going to start your own marketing consulting uh, company and doing like data analytics for people. I would have been like, what? How am I ever going to get from here rehabbing six houses and being a real estate agent to a marketing consulting and analytics company, you know? But I've always had this, you know, firm belief that things are going to work out. Things are going to happen for a reason. And I just a hundred percent believe that like the first step was calling you, you know, joining the group, coming on board, meeting people, and then just being open to, you know, where do I, we talk about traction a lot, get it, want it capacity. Mm -hmm. what's, what's my highest and best use that where I get it, I want it. And I have the capacity to do it. Um, I couldn't have gotten here without being there. Yeah. That's awesome. So I asked the other guys this, I'm going to ask you, so why, like when I reached out to you to say, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to um, keep working with housekeeping HQ? Do you want to work with me? Um, kind of, why did you say, yeah, like, why did you want to take this journey? You've got three kids. You've got a husband that is running a, a aerospace startup company. You've got a wholesaling company. You've got this new marketing company. You've got the 12 week year program in there. Like you have got so much stuff going on. It's the easiest thing for you to say, uh, no, sorry. I don't really want to be a part of this. So why, why was that? What is, you know, and, and are you excited about it? <laughs> no. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, Bill, <laughs> no. Um, you know, whether I came on, on the journey as part of this board or not, I knew that I was going to stay a part of the seven-figure flipping community because I get so much from them. Like the relationships that we built in here, I just, I'm lucky that, that part of my small circle that I've built within this group happens to be you and Jeremiah and Adam and Andy and Terry and Mike. Like, I don't know why you just, you picked my dream team for your dream team, but that's cool. <laughs> but I see it happening with other people in the group as well, where they, they come into that room and they, you know, have some conversations and they, they're drawn to people like they they form these small friendships of like four or five. I, I mean, there's probably three or four different groups that I can think of who I've watched them evolve into, you know, now they're, they, they like each other and they're sharing in their community. And that's to be a part of that, to give other people what, what we've had the opportunity to get no brainer. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You're right. I think, I think the, when we know that it's true, it's like your dream team is my dream team and everybody else on there, it should be their dream team, right? It's all the core value folks. It's the people that all kind of, um, get lit up by each other. It's the people who get pushed by each other. Everybody brings a unique, uh, view and standpoint and, um, kind of angle to this. So you bring, and uh, we got the, uh, the, the group mom here on the uh, podcast today, which is incredible, but the person who brings the accountability and the focus and the, um, and you, you'll, you'll hold up a mirror to people and just say, um, do you know what, do you, yeah, do you like what you see? I mean, I remember even some of our early meetings, you're asking, you're just constantly asking why, like, why, why do I need to do this? Why is this? Why is this? And it's really pretty thought provoking. A lot of the things that, um, that come from your, your questions. It's basically like bouncing a ball against the wall and you'll just put it back on people until they convince you that um, what they want to do and their why is strong enough. And it's really cool because yeah, I think you can shut people down pretty good. So. <laughs> Unfortunately true. But, you know, I mean, we talked about this with Andy. I remember watching Andy and he was like, this year we did one and next year we're going to do 2 million. And next year we're going to do 4 million. And I, I'm sure you remember those conversations. I said, why Andy? Like, is when does it stop? When are you content? When is success enough success? Because um, I think that that's something after you get the nuts and bolts of the business down, then you start to wrestle with that question. That's almost the next evolution of entrepreneurship is like, what's my purpose? And when is enough enough? If I'm, am I just chasing money to chase money? It has to be more important than that. I totally agree. And you're going to share some of that stuff at Flip Hacking Live this year, right? Yeah. So, um, so Becca is going to be one of the speakers at Flip Hacking Live and she's going to do an accountability session for us. Uh, so we talked, I'm going to put start that, with why. I'm going to put that out there to the world right now. Yeah. So this is one that we've definitely locked in and you and I have spoke about it and I'm really excited about this one. I think this is going to be one of the most powerful presentations that we have there hands down because it's really going to be more, um, ideally, you know, a group presentation, but also more one-on-one. -on -one. So one on, if you can, We'll get one-on-one -on -one with every single person in that audience, you know, all 600,000, 1,500 people, like just focus on them and what their why is and how strong it is and really be able to pull that out so you can hold yourself accountable or join some accountability groups or come in with us for the accountability group that we provide. Uh, I think it's going to be really powerful as a presentation. It's one of the ones that I'm most excited about. It was easy to put in there to say, we've got to have this and obviously bringing Becca on the stage is really important. And who knows, maybe you'll be in the audience and um, be walking around and Becca's going to ask you 12 or 15 questions <laughs> about your wise. So. Well, and, and because at Flip Hacking Live, I mean, people's brains are going to blow up and we don't want them to just be fired up 
for those three days. We want them to leave with a plan and, you know, a path forward to achieving that why and that vision. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is a ton of content. Like we just open the doors to people's businesses, a system, a process, something that you're doing. Um, I haven't talked about it yet, but I'm going to talk with my team. I'm going to show you how I made an extra million dollars with the team that I have around me from year to year. So things like that, like really just kind of, you're going to leave there feel like, whoa, this is a lot of stuff to start implementing on and doing. And then, you know, if you could take the tools that Becca shares and some of those ideas and either get a small group accountability, you know, work through our small group accountability system, stuff like that, you'd be able to implement all of those things or at least pick those one or two things that are most powerful that you need to take from there. So it's really important. So I'm excited to have you out. Um, For you guys that are listening that want to come see Becca, you can go to fliphackinglive.com and buy tickets. Um, We are going to sell out. I guarantee that. We're going to sell out the event. We're going to sell out the hotel. So get your tickets. Don't wait. It's just coming up in a couple of The hotel almost sold out already. It is. It's sold out outside of our room block right now. So if you're not jumping in to our room block, it is sold out outside of our room block. So um, it's really, I was, I was surprised at that, but we do have a pretty big room block. So we did take a lot of their rooms. So if you go to fliphackinglive.com, buy your tickets, after you buy your ticket, the landing page will have the link for the hotel to book that, um, with our, um, with our code, or you can call the hotel and ask for the fliphacking live rate. It's the Hilton Bayfront hotel, downtown San Diego, overlooking Coronado. It's incredible place. So, okay. Before we go, I want to read something. So I don't know if, do you remember this? No. So, um, I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to put this out there to the world because I, I don't have a date on this, but I'm pretty sure it was one year after. It was, was it, at the big San Diego house. The house. Okay. Yeah. So it was about. It was uh, Becca's third meeting. So it was my fourth meeting. So it was when I renewed and Becca's third meeting. It was like two and a half years ago. So I'm just going to read this. What's that? So I still have it. I still have it. I had to like, uh, I have it like framed in in my uh, office here. Uh, So it says, Bill, I'm writing this letter to make you feel uncomfortable, but in a good way, smiley face. When I look back at this last year, I feel like you and I having a friendly conversation. Then you jumped, then you jumped on a moving train, grabbed my wrist and dragged me on after you. And it's been a great adventure for sure. I'm super grateful and I want to make sure you know it. I've really enjoyed reconnecting with you and watching you kick some serious uh, butt. <laughs> I'll say that on here. It's awesome to see good things happening for a great person, and I admire the poise and professionalism with which you conduct yourself. I want to be like you, smiley face. <laughs> You've made a major impact on my life in an almost casual way, and I thank you from the bottom of my my very big heart, Becca. So, um, Becca, I appreciate you writing this letter. Um, I was hoping that me reading it on the podcast would make you feel uncomfortable, but I think it actually does make me feel uncomfortable. Um, I just want to say, you know, thank you for all, everything that you've put into me and into this community. And I'm really excited to continue down this adventure with you because the train is still going really fast. And now we're both on it you know, mm-hmm. full bore. And I'm excited to see how many other people we can drag on it with us. So oh, I like that analogy. Let's do I, it. I think that's kind of my become my why now it's uh, the people in my company and now being able to take this one over and being a part of other people's success is really, really incredible. And I think I know that's why all of you guys said yes, when I reached out and kind of tapped you on the shoulder to say, um, can you help me along this journey? So thank you so much for being a part of it. And thank you for spending some time with me today. And uh, I love you. Oh, I love you too, man. This is gonna be great. I can't wait. 
All right. We'll see everybody at Flip Hacking Live. And if we have time, we'll probably bring Becca on again just to kind of dig into the presentation with some different things she's going to share. Um, maybe we'll do like a Facebook Live or something with some of the guests. But, um, you know, if I'm, I, hope this, I hope this stuff resonates with you because we're really, um, really passionate about what we do and helping people. And that's what this community is all about. So I hope to see you guys at Flip Hacking Live. And if you're thinking about it, you're on the fence. Uh, let me give you the little push that you need here. And uh, Go buy your ticket, fliphackinglive.com. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast with Bill Allen. If you haven't gotten your tickets to Flip Hacking Live to see our guests live on stage sharing all of their systems and secrets, make sure you go to fliphackinglive.com before tickets are sold out. This is an event you can't miss. We'll see you in San Diego.